Just a quick word of warning before we get going that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. It will also contain spoilers not just for Final Destination 3, but for the entire Final Destination franchise. You've been warned. Welcome to episode 72 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart, Phil Portentous Wind. And joining us tonight, in person, no less, another one of those, he is a writer-director, it's Gabriel Robertson. Gabe, Hi. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? Welcome, good. Welcome to, welcome to the HQ. Uh, you know, I'm, it's amazing. It's yeah. good to finally be here. And yeah. it's lovely to have you here. Lovely to have you. Especially bringing this film. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's Mitch. This is uh, first. I want to say, Mitch. Uh, I hope you enjoyed your birthday tonight. Uh, yes, your little. Uh, it was essentially a children's party that we th- that we threw for you. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, I, with, with slightly more beer, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope you had a lovely time. I did. It was uh, great. Thank you very I'm much. Sorry for forgetting. That's okay. That's also fine. <laughs> <laughs> And this is a franchise that's extremely close to your heart, Mitch. Yes, yeah. And uh, Gabe, just to get straight into this, you've gone for Final Destination 3. Yes. Which um, I would say is probably not my favourite in the franchise, but is also definitely not the worst. (laughs) Okay, good. Uh, Why this one? Super Birds version, because I think it is the the best all-round film of the franchise. Okay. Uh, I've got a couple of reasons for that. I'm happy to give you... um, (laughs) more than a couple Uh, first off right and this is something that I don't think it gets enough credit for is and I know this is a controversial statement but this is more season of the witch than Halloween 2 right and the reason for that is this is the first franchise launcher of the of the films because the second one's the only direct sequel of the entire franchise Mm -hmm. it's the only one that's related and this was actually made to be standalone so it didn't have any of the original cast coming back didn't have Ali Larter in a room somewhere (laughs) it didn't even have Tony Todd in his physical form yeah that's true yeah he's a disembodied voice yeah and and I think that unlike if you think about even forgetting about Halloween for a second even the Friday the 13th and stuff when it starts to just churn out different victims and stuff no real carryover the the one constant for the most part is Jason right this doesn't even really have that because death's such a vague idea it's a concept uh-huh so actually this film had quite a lot to try and do without any of the leverage that even the second one had mm-hmm. so that's why i prefer over the second one the fourth one's a piece of shit it oh, is oh, yeah. The f- oh, yeah and the fifth one the fifth one is brilliant but i think the fifth one like that the old adage about end strong i think the fifth one has a brilliant ending and the brilliant ending a lot of time colors what happens for the first three quarters i think it hides a multitude of sins yeah and i'm not saying this film doesn't have a lot of sins because it does some of which i'm going to try and bring out before you guys so that just yeah uh but no i also think that it has by far and away the best lead in the series both in terms of the character and the actor playing it's best actor in the whole series you're um, talking Mary Elizabeth yeah, Winstead here absolutely and this controversy because I know you like the second one Andy well uh, I like the second one but it did get me me and my friend thrown out of a cinema for laughing too much oh yeah I know so uh, yeah I, I do like this, the second one but perhaps not for the reasons that the filmmakers might have wanted yeah very possibly but this one has the first true female lead of the series as well okay 
because the second one, AJ Cook's Kimberly, although she's the one who has the premonition, she's more part of an ensemble. Yeah. And the ensemble nature of it is more pronounced in the second one than any other ones because it's the only film where no one knows each other. Uh-huh. So there's no dynamic to, to begin with. Mm-hmm. So there is that whole thing that everyone's sort of pulling together and, oh, we'll develop relationships as we go, whereas every other film, even the fourth one, which does tries to have its cake and eat it a little bit in that regard, the core group know each other. Yeah. So there's a clear dynamic set. So mm-hmm. I would argue that Kim was part of a, an ensemble, whereas Wendy, played by Mary Elizabeth, is the first true female lead as well. So it's got a lot going for it. Well, well, that was a show, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I've convinced you. <laughs> no, good points all. Good yes, points very all. Much so. yeah, 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 yeah. I think, yeah, I, the Mary Elizabeth Winstead does kind of bring certain something to the for sure. And where are we here on the Mary Elizabeth Winstead timeline? In terms of a horror? Just in terms of, uh, she, I mean, she, this is pre-thing. Yeah, it's, it's post the sequel to uh, The Ring. Two, right. The Ring 2. Uh, but yeah, it's pre-thing. It's pre. It's pre-Black Christmas as well. Pre-Death Proof. Uh, and she was in another horror film. She's a bit of a vet by this point. Got a little list here oh. of our of our horror credits. In fact, but in saying that, there's actually quite a lot of horror credits in this crew. I mean, in Ryan Merriman, it's Halloween Resurrection. He was also in to Gina Holden. She's in AVP. Oh, well, <laughs> she's also in the Saw franchise. Jesse Moss and Shailen Simmons are in Tucker and Dale. And Shailen Simmons was actually the little girl from the It miniseries. Chris the Low was in Black Christmas, Wrong Town, Children of the Corn. So there's quite a lot of mm. prominent mm-hmm. horror. Yeah. And of course, yes. director James Wong and co-writer Glenn Morgan are kind of, they worked on The X-Files. Yeah, which yeah. is so, the first uh, film, actually. It was originally conceived as that, wasn't it? Was it was an episode, yeah. 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 So Gabe, you're a listener, aren't you? Yes, Good. I am. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it's frequent, frequent. Uh, okay, so you might have an idea what's happening next yeah, then so have you prepped for this just by watching that i mean i've written out my oh come on another one people are sneaking in the written and uh written synopses before we ban them i think oh uh, okay okay but no we'll allow, we'll allow. maybe we should draw the line after this one right this is it okay i'm gonna count you in are your best 30 second synopsis of final destination okay. three sir are you ready i am ready three two one go when high school graduate Wendy is a premonition that a roller coaster she and her classmates are riding will derail, killing everyone on board, she freaks out and in the ensuing chaos inadvertently saves a lucky few from their predetermined fate. After avoiding their foretold deaths, however, the survivors are killed off one by one in bizarre accidents that are revealed to be caused by death itself. Armed with this knowledge, Wendy and her plucky bunch of friends must figure out death's intricate plan in order to avoid falling victim to it. Will they do it? Probably fucking not. <laughs> Again, coming in close on the five, six second mark. Yep, good stuff though. Yeah, good not stuff. bad at all. So I'm not bad at all. My favourite thing that I found out while I was doing a little bit of research in the run up to this that is that in Japan this film is called Final Dead Coaster, <laughs> which I, will, I, guess, I, I guess would so. also watch from the country that brought you retitling The Hangover, stopping in Vegas on the way to a wedding. <laughs> that it's a real thing. Yeah, yeah bro. <laughs> Say what you see, Japan. <laughs> Say what you see. see yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I also just on, on you talking about the director. I think this looks the best of all five films. I think it's the most filmic in terms of the the contrast, the muted tones and stuff. And I the the film was actually shot by Robert McLachlan. I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. Who also shot the first one, and he's the only DOP who worked on more than one film. Right. And I, like the second and fourth films, I think have a real distinct TV look to them, mm-hmm. whereas the first and third feel very filmic. And I don't think that's a coincidence. It was same, but shot by the same person. The fifth one suffers a little bit from the three D stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think this one by far and away looks the best. My recollection of the second one is a little bit hazier. It's probably the longest since I've seen it. 
But the fourth one really is really, really bland looking, I think. Yeah, very. Yeah. It also suffers as well from trying to uh, jam in 3D stuff where it doesn't really belong. Yep. Um, and I, I guess anytime you're desperately trying to push that, it never really works. Yep, nope, yeah. I agree. Although, when we were watching this, uh, there was a couple of moments where I, I think I said, was this originally in 3D? I don't remember. Actually, yes, no, I, I think it's your, it's the dynamic colour. Because it does have that sort of feel like when you watch it like that, it feels a little bit it's bordered on 3D, but I don't think it was. Mm. Mm. I could be wrong. No, I I, I, I I had it in my head that it wasn't. I had it in my head that 4 and 5 were, but I think that there's some things in there that look unbelievably like concessions to 3D that apparently aren't. Maybe they, were, maybe they were shot with the possibility that it might have been I think we're all applying this rule that the third one usually has 3D. Three, just because yeah, it works nicely. Yeah, yeah, and it goes all the way back to Jaws. It's yeah. like, we're just going to throw a D on it. Well, I saw this in the cinema, and I don't remember. Um, Mitch, what's your relationship with this? Uh, inevitably, I caught up with it way after the fact. Right, Like, sure. years later. Right. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, <laughs> Today. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, for, for once in my life, yeah. no. Like, genuinely, I think for maybe about the fourth time in 72 films, like, apart from the films that I've chosen. Uh, this is Even then, I'm not convinced before. that you've seen the films that you've chosen, because <laughs> yeah, invariably, you wind up hating them. <laughs> Shut up. Get <laughs> <laughs> off Gallus and fill a cake. <laughs> right, I think we should jump into this thing. Yes, let's do it. Let's let's do it. Let's, do it. let's dig in. Uh and yeah, um uh, a pre credits or credit sequence uh, full of creepy carnival shit and arbitrary pinball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've got uh you've got carousels uh, and those kind of wish machines from Big. Uh, all that stuff that just kinda looks a bit creepy. Yep. Carousels I think are, are kinda inherently creepy. There's something about a grinning plastic horse and that weird <laughs> plinky plonky kind of I, one of the music things that's on like a roller. Aye, and I, what I think odd about that specifically is it's the only film that the credits are intrinsically linked to the disaster. Like when you think about it, the, the first credits aren't all set, you know, in an airport. Nope. The the second one, what's the second disaster? Is or it the, not? It's the, 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 the highway. The yeah, pilot, yeah, which is actually pretty cool to be fair. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the fourth one isn't all these weird NASCAR credits. So it's, it's it's an interesting choice, I think, to just start and go. Do you know what? We're going to start with the creepy credits. Yeah, well, it doesn't fuck about. Actually, I mean, we're straight out of the the creepy credits at the kind of funfair, right into yeah. the. Pretty much right in developing our characters. It's actually disproportionately creepy for what you're getting as well. I think. Go on. Because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think that the film or anything that happens in it is inherently creepy per se. Like creepy is not the word I would use. And right. I think that you, like kind of going with a demented carnival angle, even though the disaster is a roller coaster, is a really weird choice. No, I, I get what you're saying because it's not a creepy film. I mean, no. none of them. Are, I mean, let's let's be honest here. Final Destination is essentially a f- cinematic version of Casualty in the nineties. <laughs> where, where you'd watch an episode of Casualty and you'd see a guy and you'd be like oh no he's washing his hands but he's making toast I know what's going to happen and all the every episode of Casualty had an accident at the start where it was someone doing something they shouldn't yeah, and you had to try he's and, overextending on that ladder exactly <laughs> exactly something's going to and then it turns out it wouldn't it'd be a kid who'd walk past and kick the ladder on it so I, I get what you mean it's not inherently creepy I think it's a bit it becomes fun and to try and work out the deaths actually yeah. but although in this in this one in this this is going to be a recurring theme here, so apologies. The third one, because it what the first and second one had done, I think the third one was good at taking things in a slightly different direction without jumping the shark, if you will, which is actually where the fourth one fell down because a lot of the things the fourth one done were just ridiculous, mm-hmm. but it had to try and one-up it because the, the fifth one, for all its good points, plays it pretty safe, actually. 
and does mm. a lot of what the first one does without any real innovation. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, fair. I mean, I know jumping the idea of film. The only thing the, f- the fifth one does that's remarkably different is the idea that like, if you kill someone, you're forgiven. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's the only thing, really. So, yeah. Anyway, back to the credits. Cre- credits are creepy, but the film itself is not. It's not creepy, no. And, yeah, but, like, it does. It, we do go straight in. But, like, I think that, like, I, I don't know if this is true or if it's just my impression, but I feel like we get to, like, the setup and the disaster really quite fast. I would agree with that in this case. My second note is the weird, vi- the weird vibes are starting early. She's within seconds of meeting Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character. She's Wendy. already sorry, Wendy. Yes, M E W. She's already starting to feel weird, and I kind of know what she feels. I kind of know that what that feeling is. You get that real guys certainly get that real scrotal tightening. Um, when you when. <laughs> When you see a pre- premonition for death, you definitely do. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the way I feel when I fly. Like, I get a real tight scrotum, sweaty butt crack. Yeah. Um, but again, I'll say it's because she's the she's the best actor. Like, and so she conveys it a lot. There's only so much Devin Sawa can do by just standing on what the fuck. You know, that's a lot of his plan. Yeah. And Are you telling me that Devin Sawa has a limited acting range? <laughs> I, like, I, I, I love Devin Sawa for two films not necessarily his latest one I'll be honest okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah again it's little things like that I th- maybe a better way to put it so I'm not shitting on any other actor because I'm not necessarily trying to do that I think she takes the role more seriously than possibly the film needs it to there's an element of truth to that that's kind of admirable though ah yeah I think so too oh yeah me too I'd rather they all took it seriously and absolutely <laughs> then I'll fucking phone that in but uh, yeah 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 um, literally the first time we see her uh, you see her kind of looking up at a roller coaster and getting what I have described as early onset heebie-jeebies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the roller coaster in question of course being the devil's flight devil's flight yeah 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 also feels a bit on the nose um, with uh, what I think like for what is presumably like a temporary uh, like a temporarily erected roller coaster has a very cool prop Satan I'd say oh the whole thing's built from scratch the Satan which is also anatomically correct if you like the Blu-ray she's nuts uh, and even uh, on that the actual the, the so this is why we bring in experts know, for this kind of trivia yeah this is why um, no uh, the the you know the queue where they, they wait in line to yeah, go on it yeah. that was also built yeah and it was done as a sort of like gothic chapel type stuff it was all built based on top of another roller coaster. I think they added like 100 feet to it just to make it like that you had no chance of surviving <laughs> I also read that uh, the casting crew had to ride that roller coaster 26 times 62 62 I've got my yeah. numbers back well, that's what it said in the Blu-ray because I because I noted it. Fucking hell, that's even worse. Yeah, because there's just... a clip in the Blu-ray and you see them they end up having to put cushions in their ass and stuff. Because is that in one setting? Sixty-two. Well, I think they probably. I think they probably I stopped. Th- yeah, I don't think they just kept it fucking <laughs> yeah. going. You'd be sick as a dog, man. I mean, I mean, one day, I mean, it didn't mean like their arse never left the chair. <laughs> Just keep it fucking running. <laughs> I, I think they, they may have got toilet breaks. What's your yeah. general thoughts on a roller coaster? Yeah, not necessarily my idea of fun, but daily. I went on the Pepsi Max when I was pretty young. And, um, the big one? Yeah, the big one, yeah. yeah. And it, actually, have you, have you guys ever been on it? No. At Blackpool? Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. see when it's jujong, 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 all the way up. That's the worst part. It's that waiting. Once the thing starts, I'm all right. And I think it goes back to like this, like we've got a mutual hatred of flying fear of flying whatever sure, you call yes, it yeah. and I think it is that it's the, it's the apprehension I, I I hate it I'm much worse in the airport for instance than when I'm on a plane right and it's the same with a roller coaster. I'm much worse on the way up than I'm on the way down <laughs> which is ironic given it's the way down at Killy <laughs> I suppose it's true I mean like when you think about it like that it's not rational at all <laughs> yeah I know it's completely irrational <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, we also very early on, around about this time, we meet Ashley and Ashlyn. Uh, we kind of learn all we need to know about how they're going to get portrayed in the first time that we meet them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. they have colour-coordinating thongs. Uh, yeah. I, I, the, 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 there's um, an extraordinarily lecherous cameraman's eye every time they're oh, on camera. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it seems to be any time they're on camera, we're also kind of creeping around with Frankie Cheeks. Who's, <laughs> my God, man. That, I, that is such a... I don't know if that's such a brilliant performance <laughs> or if that is just that role was written for him because that character is such a fucking sleazebag. And the, the, to be fair, Kevin, who who will be the sort of male protagonist throughout the rest of the film, he's also a bit of a sleazebag in the first five minutes. Well, I, yeah, there's a yep. moment he upscuts. Yeah, and it doesn't, to me, it doesn't make sense because he then from that moment on is nothing like that, including yeah. actually one of the things, the strengths of this film is that it's the only film that doesn't have a romantic subplot. It doesn't have people in a relationship or any sexual tension. The other four do. And it's partly because, spoiler alert, both the partners die in this this fucking horrific accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that sleaziness that he displays in that one camera shot is no, nowhere to be found for the rest of the film. That is weird. It's almost like, it's almost like, it's almost like in a stage direction that you got attributed to the wrong character. Yeah. And it's, it's such an egregious thing that he does, actually. <laughs> it's like, actually worse than it than Frankie Cheeks yeah, does. Yeah, I mean, Frankie Cheeks is just like, oh, here he fucking comes. Fuck off, Frankie. <laughs> like, like, Frankie like Cheeks is the kind of guy that asks 100 girls because one will eventually say yes. Aye. Aye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a scumbag and he's Aye. a sleazy bastard. But, yeah, the upscale thing is just, that's unacceptable. Absolutely mate. gross. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, because yeah, that man over here says, what the fuck, an upscale? You got I, to jail for that. Now. I think, and, and it happens again yeah. in, in a couple of minutes in the film, it's a case of the tail wagging the dog. And it's one of those occasions where, as a screenwriter, I know this, and I hate it when I see it, it's not something the character does. It's something the screenwriter needs them to do. So he has to do it because later on, we need that picture. Yeah. Aye. And it, and it can't be Frankie Cheeks that does it because Frankie Cheeks didn't have her camera. He had his own camera. And Frankie Cheeks needs to be in the photo. Yeah. Well, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's one of those ones and I, I, I fucking hate it. I know why it's there, but I don't like it. And I think there'd have been other ways to do it that didn't have to be an upscale. You know, yeah. It's like... Aye. But aye, something that's so obviously driven more by plot than character kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. It also kind of feels driven by Frankie Cheeks' character. Like, it feels like this is, <laughs> this is how he would want to go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, if he's going to be framed in any picture, it's going to be one where the yeah, upscale. And then, and then it's like... He's up, Scott. They, they, st- they still show you quite a bit of it in the picture. You st- I mean, it's very clearly an up yeah, Scott yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Not cool. Is it? No, I don't remember this. It's not Ashley or Ashland, though, is it? Is it just a random? It's just a random passing by. It's even worse. Yeah, yeah, is it I, like, I, like, like, like <laughs> someone they don't even know? <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not It's not classic Kev. Like, um, and they'll just. Oh, yeah. And like, no one's bothered that he does it either. Like, no one's like, what the fuck are you doing? But like, if it, but I think like, the only person that really calls him on it is Carrie. Right, okay, his yeah. partner. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, who has like a proper go at him. Which, yeah. which, to be fair, if anyone's going <laughs> to. Yeah, but again, that's because I was, yeah, was going to say, I, again, preface this by saying, I don't even like it being in a film. I don't think it should be. I think it's sure, a horrible sure. thing. Agreed. It's crass. Yeah, it's and and I don't. It's not that I'm against it being in the film, but it, the character then has to be that guy and be a scumbag so that we can enjoy him dying later. <laughs> if, well it's just kind of the point no, absolutely like, yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas if he'd done it to his girlfriend I think I could have understood them trying to shoehorn it in a bit more but the fact it's a random and then has 
I subplot and again I know I'm sort of shitting on the film I've come to defend right but, no 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 you've uh, done your defence already uh, oh I've got more <laughs> um, the, the, the thing is when it gets to the girlfriend talking about I was going to split up with and stuff that's never really it never really comes out again you know like it, she's talked about as if like oh, after today we're over blah 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 and it's very much the whole Alfred getting the letter she's going to dump you yeah. and he just doesn't <laughs> give him it because yeah. she dies he's like well there's no point in that it, it never comes back it's never referenced so I, I think there's quite a lot of this stuff and don't get me wrong this script is extremely economical in a good way right? mm-hmm. it doesn't, oh, there's no really any flab on it it's, I think it's the excuse me the shortest of all the runtimes as well okay and like say that that helps if you open the credits to her having her on set of heebie-jeebies yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like shit we're starting and because there's no flab in it there's quite a few times where they it's not so much that they cut corners but they, they certainly make it as on the nose as possible yeah um, and that's probably one of the only times I think that there's something that doesn't come back again that's why I don't like it so much. No, that's that's I don't know, that's fair enough. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, in terms of you're but yeah, we're kinda of racing to the setup here because yeah, we've met these guys five minutes somewhere in the queue for the roller coaster. And whatever the quality of the film, with the exception of the fourth one, I guess, which I'm less on in pretty much every way. But I think that like regardless of the quality of the entry in the franchise, they pretty much always nail the disaster. And they sure do here. Yeah. 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 I think Disaster's awesome, although... Oh. So th- th- this is this is t- an R2 of my issues, right? This goes back to Tail Wagging the Dog, point number one. And just for people who haven't seen it, when they get to their seats, they have the most convoluted reason for not sitting next to their partners. It's so fucking phoned in. Aye. Yeah. Well, uh, good, good question. It's not it's just like you sit there with, And the only reason it's that is because it has it's already decided who's going to get off. Yeah, Carrie says she definitely wants, no matter what, she's sitting at the front. Right, aye, okay. So Wendy's <sighs> boyfriend leaves her to sit at the front beside the pal, and, Carrie. Yeah, and has a cheek to say to Kevin, who's his best friend, look after her, will you? Promise me you'll look after her for all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's a promise he keeps. No, but it's so, so, and I hate it because I'm like, that would not happen. It just wouldn't. And it's one of those things, again, as soon as it happens, I go, right, I know they've done that in a convoluted way to make something work in the next five minutes yeah and it does like that's happened because it had to yeah and then the next problem which is a much bigger one and I mean this could be a a fatal shot honestly to this film is (laughs) oh no the uh, the, the, (laughs) defences and kill shots so I know this this is this is a headshot you speak about the the disaster being great right Mm -hmm. and the disaster is great however unlike all the other and I'll even say this to the horrendous four film this disaster does not keep its own logic. Frankie Cheek's camera is what sets the thing, it was what derails it. Yeah, his camera, we he drops dis- his camera and it like wraps around a rail, yeah. doesn't we it? We did yeah. discuss this at the time of viewing and so much as someone else gets their camera taken off them. Well, you're saying that's the... I'd say that's part of it. Why does one man get his camera taken off him yet Frankie Cheek's is Oh, but that's fine. No, that's not the problem. The problem is once she saves Frankie Cheek's, that camera's not on the roller coaster anymore. So the roller coaster itself wouldn't have derailed in the same way. Oh, of course. Because Frankie Cheeks is... Fuck! Yeah. But there'll still be a, an issue of a leaking hydraulic fluid. Yeah, no, so... The, the, the initial part of the accident would have gone even, along. Even if everyone dies, it sort of puts paid to the order that they've working off of. Because it makes no sense. Yeah. And then, the, then the, I guess the counter-argument to that would be, playing devil's advocate, would be that, yeah, but they're not working on an order in the same way the first two were, they're working with the photos. But that's bullshit because they do end up with an order because Kevin later on comes back and says, oh, I looked on the internet and... Aye, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's a headshot, right? So I'm I'm glad that you didn't see it. And that's the show. (laughs) I I know, I know. Take me away, Your Honour. I've done it. It's got the end of concluded that you've drawn with yourself. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's basically let me 
ramble on till I fucking hung the film myself. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> Give you a rough rope and you'll eventually, yeah. No, but I mean, I've looked on like there's no. That's a proper problem for me. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's 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 reasonable. I mean, like, I mean, the guy completely, completely went under Mariner. But yeah. Um, <laughs> why is Frankie Cheeks called that? I do, I, I do not want well, to open that is, can of worms. Yeah, he is credited, is it? Yeah. Uh, and not in a sort of Frankie Cheeks. That's not his. It's not his. He, he also refers to himself as Franklin Cheeks later yeah. on um, uh, at one of the funerals, um, which does suggest that it's his actual name. And he just happens to be obsessed with bums. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was, I assumed it was a butt thing. No, that Frankie the Perv was too on the nose. Yeah. So they, they, <laughs> Frankie they the Perv. Yeah. <laughs> Frankie arse cheeks, and they're like, no, it's too much. <laughs> just scale it back like 10, 15%. He's actually half Mexican, Cheeks. Cheeks. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so obviously uh, we see this kind of uh, the disaster unfold. Many people die, and many people do die. Yeah. It is a premonition. Uh, from as what, it's become, as uh, it's become tradition. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Wendy freaks out, gets off the roller coaster, manages to get a couple, a couple of other people to come off as well. In describing why she needs to come off, she does inevitably sound like an absolute lunatic. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although this is like the worst roller coaster security in history. They basically say, "No, you're not getting off the people." Yeah. You're like, no, let them go. Uh, yeah, yeah. People having panic attacks and stuff. He's like, get them. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, because for all they knew, that could have just been somebody having like, a panic attack. No, but yeah, no, but no. What I mean is, I don't mean, I don't mean that they still, they still go when she's. I mean, there's people wanting to get off, and, and the guy says yeah. no. That's yep. right. Yeah. Yep. Like, absolutely. Do you mean no? Yeah. How do you how, how do you sleep at night? I know. And can... they're all about fourteen. <laughs> I know. It's a lot going on in this town. <laughs> tricentennials and tricentennials town fairs yeah um, groups yeah. group funerals I should actually look up <laughs> where, where, where McKinley is in the US it's a happening spot yeah it is it is, it is. Aye, but, um, yeah with a very economical approach to funerals but yeah a million ensues they're roundly kind of removed and demand to get off of the roller coaster and the kind of people that get off are our key players you have uh, Wendy you have Kevin, you have Gothic Ian and his <laughs> girlfriend slash sister? sister. I'm going to say it's his girlfriend. I was convinced it's it his girlfriend. No, well, because it, they don't have the same surname. That was my, that was what I thought until we just watched it there. When, interestingly, she's the only character who doesn't have a surname. So I was yeah. based all on the fact I knew he was McKinley because it's obviously a plot point throughout the film. She doesn't have a surname. I'm still pretty sure they are fucking, well, that means they're sister and brother not isn't clear but I do think they're fucking for the record I'm not going to judge yeah, wait no, no yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's no, very, very decent of no, you no, uh, yeah, no, no judgments on this side uh, but yeah they, they got off uh, Lewis the, uh, the extremely aggressive American football player Lewis is Lewis is an inc- um, an incredibly one dimensional arsehole at this point I think like I can't imagine a scenario where people would be like that when she like for all again for all we know it's just a hysterical panicky person trying to get off a roller coaster and he's just like she's just doing that for the fucking attention yeah does he not say something like Shut your bitch up or something properly. Yeah, it's like it's something like you need to get control of your bitch. Or yeah, something but like again, that. it's that it's that economy of the writing. It's like you know he's an asshole. That's I kind of like the fact that they're all sort of this group's really clearly defending the archetypes. You know, you've got the ditzy two girls, you've got yeah. the, the goths, you've got mm-hmm. the jock, if you will. I mean, it's, it looks like it's been written with a template in mind. Sure, but mm-hmm. it's, it gets to the point. He's got a really cool name in real life. Do you know what his real name is? Oh, is he? I could speculate. Um, no, I saw the name in the credits. Is it him that's Texas Battle? Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> Texas Battle. 
Is that not the coolest it's, Texas battle? I, don't, I, don't, I remember like, um, you know that thing where it's like, I'm aware of how this works. When you see names and credits, you know it's people's names. But still <laughs> yeah. when it happened, I was like, is that someone's name? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'd have just kept his character with that name. I'd have had him play himself. Yeah, it would have suited I don't, I don't yeah. put Texas, Texas Battle in every film he's in. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, uh, we cut to black. There's been a passage of time. Uh, we rejoin um, a particularly sullen-looking Wendy, and we realise that the reason that she's being sullen is because she's having an existential crisis because all her friends are dead. <laughs> That'll do it. Sure. Also, yeah. uh, they have also set up by this point, She's and they, they, they sort of bang this drum a little bit, to be fair. She's a control freak. And from a character point of view, that's an interesting thing for, in this series because the whole the, the one thing you can't control being death, mm-hmm. and I think it's an interesting thing to root your character in. Yeah, I, I think, think the way she, that it's evidenced is a little on the nose sometimes. But well, I literally, I think she honestly. There's a moment where the word "control" is flashing on and off on a on a light. Oh no, but I I bet if you were to uh, do a control find search on the screenplay for that, it's mentioned at least twenty times. Aye, I would say so. It's aye, it's it's a lot uh, of time by her. I'm just a control freak. Aye, yeah, that may, it may as well be directly in the camera every couple of times. But in that sort of passage of time, interestingly, Kevin has done his research oh, off yeah. screen. Yeah, 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 sure. Which was which was an interesting choice, and I would argue completely superfluous because of what will happen later with the photographs. I don't know if the I don't know if he needed that. I know why they've tried to get cram the rules in for sure. new view, new viewers, which is even more evident when you talk about the fact this was more of a standalone. So try and just here's the rules to the franchise, guys. Yeah, I, I mean, like he he does he like he relays it in such unbelievably meticulous and like molecular detail that you get the impression that the off-screen research he did was the Wikipedia plot summary of Final Destination yeah. One. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, it gives you, I guess, a pressy of the the kind of franchise to this point. Previously on Final Destination, <laughs> yeah. 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 it just it just happened to happen twenty minutes in. Uh, he <laughs> he also receives some uh, pretty cutting comments from Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character here when she pretty much says. I never liked you. We aren't friends, and essentially what that boils down to is that you should have died. Yeah, she was. She was like, if you if you weren't my mate's boyfriend, there is no iteration of this where we would have been friends. <laughs> which which would be brilliant if it was playing down that upskirt thing from earlier. He is just a scumbag. He could have had a really good arc, but it began and ended with the photograph because <laughs> that was the last we even seen him being an asshole. Yeah, ah, uh, you're right. Yeah, there could have been him. Yeah, him trying to like kind of walk back or reverse perception of him and stuff like that. Where basically he took a roundly sound guy who did one uncharacteristically really sketchy thing right at the beginning yeah in the first film what's the name of the jock in the first film do you remember played by the guy from Dawson's Creek no there's that fucking guy's name Kerr Smith Kerr Smith Smith. yes yes right okay like I think he's got a really good arc in the, the first one he is an asshole until he's not an asshole yeah, and, and then I believe it. Well, I, like, like right at the end. Yeah, no, but I mean, his his moment of change is when he nearly dies. It's like he he properly gets to that moment of fuck it on the tracks. That's right. Yeah. And it's when he gets pulled out of the car and he believes and he's like fucking. To be fair, you don't really see him again until the end when he dies. <laughs> but in that time, I believe the next time we meet him and he's not an asshole, I believe it. Yeah, sure. Whereas this this one's the opposite. It's a weird one when you see a character just be a complete dick that's never referenced again. That's like when it's the first time you meet them. Yeah. Yeah, and we're expe- you're expected, though, to just get on board with the fact that this guy's your kind of hero for the rest of the film, although you know he's a total walloper. Yeah, you're yeah. Still, this, that's still lingering, that's taste is still there. You're like, are we going to come back to this, guys? <laughs> so, so, Maybe just at the end, the police turn oh, up and just cuff him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Huckle him off. There's been mass reports, yeah. <laughs> but, that, but that would have made sense because, in, in relation to where we are in the film, if she 
as saying go fuck yourself I don't like you you should have died and stuff makes sense because he should have not been sitting with her but also yeah you've you've given me no reason to like you my friend was about to dump you and you're my boyfriend's friend there's no reason for me to see you yeah yeah without grounding that in more stuff it does seem like disproportionately mean on her part rather than anything else but see I don't think it's mean when you watch it the first time because you don't know where it's going to go it becomes mean when you realise <laughs> from there on he's the only one that supports her all the way through it doesn't give up no yeah yeah he it's perfect <laughs> uh, but while all this is going on death is uh, blown out candles with deadly intent yeah um, uh, yeah uh, Ashley and Ashlyn invite uh, Wendy to go tanning with them uh, she sure. wa- she wisely refuses uh, while she is at home feeling guilty about um, her pals all dying uh, we rejoin Ashley and Ashley at the tanning salon also I don't know if you noticed but death makes another appearance in Wendy's house and he has a weird moment where he seems to ruffle through her pants drawer. Which <laughs> yeah, that's exactly weird. how that unfolds. Which yeah, I thought it's was really weird. Perv in this yeah. film, actually, yeah. now you mention it. Even death. <laughs> Remember, this was pre the happening, so this idea of scary wind, yeah. they, they they nailed it first. Yeah, there is a lot of scary and wind. And indeed, pervy wind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exclusive to this one film, <laughs> pervy wind. Um, but yeah, Tan and Salon brings us our first classic series death. This, this is, I mean, I would say that almost without exception, the deaths in this one are excellent. I think they are really good. Yeah, and most, they, they were all done practically as well. Yeah. One of them, what we'll get to, Texas Battle's death. That one is actually overshadowed by CG blood that's been added after it, but it was done sure. practically with models and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're all, I think this has got the strongest deaths in the whole the whole series it's re- uh, the, they, they are really good I've- uh, from the sorry from the Rube Goldberg effect I mean like the first one's death was shocking because they didn't actually other than the teacher they all just sort of happened and yeah. that was you were yeah. sort of shocked they were more glorified jump scares this one's a little bit oh what way is it coming yeah and I mean I just I didn't do this for any of the others but I wrote down all the possible factors because well, like, a- door wedged open defiance of the drinks ban Fucking with a thermostat. Well, the, yeah. Ricky shelf. Moisture off the cup. Like, yeah, I, I feel like th- those two, more than any other death in the series as well, they brought it on themselves. Absolutely. They broke every rule in there. Yeah, yeah they introduced the most variables themselves. Yeah, and the fact that you've already seen death rifling through pants. Wendy's pants. Maybe death wasn't even there that time. Maybe that's just a coincidence that they killed themselves. <laughs> death wasn't even present when he died. He was yeah. too busy pervin. That would be remarkable. <laughs> like, they actually survived the roller coaster thing. They were just really fucking because stupid. This is running parallel to... What's yeah. to Wendy kind of figuring out what's happening so death that we know is currently rifling through her pants so. yeah that's true so are we now just are we now just, are we now just installing it as the truth that these two just died of natural yeah, causes yeah ineptitude yeah ineptitude exactly it's Darwinism <laughs> yeah why did they get it down the world <laughs> I also kind of like the idea that um Death could have just left them to this and then killed them with cancer 40 years down the line. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's the problem in a show. Like, on a long enough timeline, they're always going to lose. Yeah, it's like uh, when Howard Carter, um, you know, Tutankhamun, when he died. That's right, it was a curse. Yeah, well, it was like 50 years later and it was like the curse strikes again. I was like, no, I think he was in his 70s or late, or late 60s. I think he just died. And there is an element of that to this. <laughs> yeah. Natural causes. <laughs> Who saw that coming? Um, but yeah, the ultimately they burnt to death. Yeah, horrifically, yeah, horrifically, and it's it is absolutely fucking horrible as well. You mean the death of the ashes who are burnt to ashes? Yeah, I even noticed that. Yeah. It was probably intended. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I think this scene's pretty horrible. Uh, it's really unpleasant, uh, and it's incredibly protracted. But 
pretty excellent. <laughs> also has a brilliant hard cut, like a match cut. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, to the to the the joint funeral. Yeah, the joint funeral. Wonderful stuff. I love the fact that um, just the sheer desire to get the the two tannin beds to the two coffins comes completely at the expense of logic because they have a joint funeral. <laughs> like well, by necessity. You seem to be very good friends. It's not how it works. <laughs> Economy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, no, but again, I think this film was really, for the most part, as I say, the problems are, was, was actually pretty f- well directed. There's a lot of fun direction in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in theory, you can go too far and sort of ruin any of the, I'll call it tension, it's not really tension in a film like this because you know they're going to die, but ruin any of the momentum you've got and slide into a slightly sillier tone and stuff, which is what happens with the fourth one. Yep. Also in the second one with the, I can't remember the guy's name, do you know the guy that won the lottery? Oh, aye. Because yeah, that, yeah. that... When he, his house is pretty much attacking him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then it gets a bit too silly. Oh, or in the fourth one, the racist guy getting dragged down the street. Oh, aye. Where, when it's playing, is it, why can't we be friends or something? It's playing, <laughs> it's so yeah. silly. Mm. Uh, and there's a fine line for that. And stuff like that, I, I enjoy those cuts. I appreciate that it's probably best to cut out the reasoning. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, like, it, it's, it is fun, though. It's like, it's a fun, it's a fun visual. One, well, it's fun that they die to the tune of Love Roller Coaster. Singing it, no less. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, at the funeral, I think it's really, I think it's really funny when um, Frankie Cheeks picks now to learn a lesson about objectifying women because he's basically just like, if I'd loved them for their brains, they'd still be alive. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then immediately tries to kiss Julie. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's that I actually hate that character. Frankie Cheeks. Yeah. Because that I mean he is so one note. Again, not I know I can't go across all the franchise, but his one notedness is so one note they don't even like him in the film. If you notice that like he's he's brought in I doesn't have any pals in the film. No, he's so sp- sparingly used as well it's like and maybe that's a testament to how good he is that when he's he makes an impression and then it's like get him off screen quick <laughs> before we bump this rating up there's a there's a piece of shit character in, in the fourth one the one of the friends one of the main characters who you're quite happy to see die in a horrific way right? there's there's a total opportunistic piece of shit in the fifth one as well there you go that's right uh yeah. the one that's in the massage yeah that's oh, the guy okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so it's so it's a it's a trope that the this series of goals got a piece of shit but this one do you know why i think i don't like it and this goes on the truth because he he felt like the real kind of scumbag guy that i don't like sure you know that way yeah. he wasn't exaggerated <laughs> okay. he's the sort of guy i go you're a fucking asshole and just I've walk away people from like yeah you, exactly you're a fucking dick yeah <laughs> and i just Something needs to leather you. Yeah, <laughs> so, don't know if he needs what happens to him needs to oh, happen, but <laughs> like not caricature enough. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Also, at this time, uh, Ian takes it upon himself to uh, flip out at the funeral. I've got to be honest. I love someone making a scene at a funeral <laughs> or a wedding. Uh, I think it adds uh, a free song to the event that is uh, it's unmatched. <laughs> like it's it's unstoppably fun. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unstoppably fun, and uh, yeah, he does that. Here. And his judge review of a funeral that does not go to plan. <laughs> it's just that way when you're like, Ooh. oh, but you know what? This is where I was. What's Tony Todd's name in the first two films? Bloodworth. Yeah, that's right, Bloodworth. This is where he would have been if he wasn't already the roller coaster. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I love that he's just and, the voice of yeah. the roller coaster, and and also the subway at the end. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 And he's, he was actually also the was he not? Bits of the theme park in Hellfest as well. I know he was in Hellfest. Um, but I'm, he Didn't voiced... you just watch Hellfest? I did just watch Hellfest. Well, he, he just talked about it on the yeah. show. He well, he's in it. 
Were you lying about Van Vettenley caught you in a lie? You didn't no, I've actually watched, <laughs> watched it. I just wasn't paying well, he, attention. Well, he, he's he's not, he's he's one of the guys. He's the guy that's to chop our head off. Oh, he's I also am. but he also voices the raid. So apparently, he's found a little niche. Okay, yeah. And, like in here, the voice of roller coasters and public service announcements. Yeah. I'll be honest. I mean, he's got a good scary ride voice. Yeah, absolutely. A scary ride voice. Sure. At this point, I think you kind of lock into Wendy and Kevin. Yes. Yeah, uh, kind of trying to piece it together. I think that while I agree that Mary Elizabeth Winstead is probably giving the performance of the franchise in this film, I think that the parts of this film that I find the hardest work are the parts where they are just straight trying to solve the mystery. What do you mean when they're kind of flicking between photos of that she's taking photos of the crime scenes, photos of the World Trade Center. Yeah. Yeah, it's all very like... Do you know why it is, I think? Because it's it's done like Poirot and that... Yes. You, you're you not meant to know how they figured it out. <laughs> she, they just do. Like, because you would go, that's not where you would first go with that. Like, even, even that if you, feels like a leap. Yeah, exactly. Even if you're to take into consideration that they've been... Exp- told the franchise rules mm-hmm. even the photographs and how you make that jump i hate the scene where she, it's at the funeral with her actually when she's talking about getting the cold feeling oh yeah because it's it's literally cut against trees blown so you're kind of like it's just wind yeah <laughs> just and, a and it, day. i don't know if the film's trying to take the piss out of it or if it's just trying to like emphasize yeah it's deaf is here and she knows that <laughs> yeah i just keep thinking it's weather it's, it's uh, yeah you're freezing get a jacket yeah one of the kind of things that they unearth during this is that the kind of there are clues to how people die in these photos that they're looking at from the night that it happened uh refresh my memory this is unique to this yeah yeah yes this goes back to the idea that I think they were trying to sort of, let's call it building the mythology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it had to be standalone. And I actually think it's a really interesting addition because there's nothing to say it wouldn't have been part of the first two. And that's why yeah. I like it. It doesn't completely tear up anything. It's yeah, it doesn't wreck on anything. No, it's just new. Yeah. Exactly. And again, if you compare it to the fourth one, which tries to go further, in the fourth one, I believe they don't have photographs, but he has more like flash insights to things. Yeah. Like, that are so fucking random. Mm-hmm. And there's there's no investigation or anything. It's just like a glorified secondary premonition. It's yeah. more more akin to Alex's seeing things. and So I, I kind of like it. I don't know if I necessarily like it, but I understand why they felt like they needed to do that. And I think it's an okay way to try it. <laughs> Did you notice though that there's like, an incredible amount of reaching in every photo? Yeah. Like, even if she gets some of them quite wrong and she's like, oh, fuck, I got it totally wrong. It wasn't that actually. Look at the t-shirt I'm <laughs> I could look through any number of photos right now and, and pinpoint things that- see to be honest you could probably look for a photo of someone that died and retrospectively apply it because right. that's yeah. the thing about it when you look at it and you go as much as I like that I'm like there's no way you got there some of them the more obvious ones like when it's pointing guns and stuff after the fact you realise right I get it but like Frankie Cheeks which is the, one of the next one coming when up he just has yeah, a fan day. behind him yeah and I, that's kind of cool and I do like to be fair that they use the <laughs> most obvious one to be the one that says yeah these pictures work because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is also 2020 hindsight though, yeah exactly it? like, that's yeah. all it is it's postmodernism at its best and every time but every time she does guess ahead of the death she's way off base well way off base we'll, we'll pick this up later but put a pin in that right when it comes to her death because I've got a question about Ooh, that. Okay. Really like that. Uh, I was going to say yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. easy well, seeing you tell stories for a living sir <laughs> there's a line <laughs> coming up um, I'm, I might have picked it up wrong um, but I don't think I did and I found it jarring um, Kevin and Wendy are in the car and they're approaching they're kind of driving through the town just before Frankie Cheeks' death 
And she says something like, um, go through the drive through I don't want anyone to hear us. Let's go to the place where I have to talk into a giant <laughs> microphone. You're also in your car. <laughs> you're, you have a mobile, uh, like mobile privacy. Yeah. Let's go somewhere more secluded than there's four doors and a roof. <laughs> Again, the... the Tail wagon dog. Yeah, you can't, I, you can't just say that every time. No, but I also can't defend it. <laughs> I'd spend longer trying to justify. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair. Um, we lose Frankie Cheeks here. Yeah, I, I like that it's played. Like, it's played off really subtly. That like, you don't really know that it's Frankie Cheeks yeah. until he, and, until uh, way after he's dead. It's also yeah. like quite happenstancey that it ends up being him as well. It's, like it plays out that way. Yeah, but that, that's the genius cool. of this film. But yeah. they can always say no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> like, however, they do that. That no, it's not. Like, it was supposed to be there exactly yeah. i i agree i think that again this idea of them trying to do something a little bit different the whole rube goldberg death stuff this was the first one that they didn't you didn't really know who it was going to happen to mm-hmm. and they do they slightly do it later on with erin and ian where they play it again uh but here it is it's like you know something's going to happen and stuff but actually the, the tension's built in such a way you think one of them's gonna need to save the other i don't think i ever believed anyone would die at this point mm-hmm. but you believe that they're the two that are in danger and I, I think that's kind of cool. I think that um, it's one of a couple of times where I think that either the way or like the way that someone dies or who dies is quite like quite a good misdirect. Way yeah, to put it. I, I like as well that they didn't. Uh, there would have been, I'm sure, somebody somewhere really pushed for Frankie Cheeks to have another moment of being a total dickhead before he not before me. he gets wiped out. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 not not I. I was quite happy for him to go out. I was trying to get him not to get off the roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm glad they, they decided to just have the fact that it's him, the aftermath of the piece, rather than him spouting his usual bullshit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's 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 a weird piece of kind of or an unusual piece of restraint, not just for this film but the whole series. I think. Yeah, it, it's. I can't think of any other scene across the entire franchise where you, the audience member, don't know the person that's in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the Erin Ian one that we'll get to later is actually much more. I like the Kale Smith and. Sean William Scott death yeah. where the, the the death the cue jumps really quick after a save so it catches you unaware but um, no I think this is quite a unique death in that regard mm-hmm. that you only see the aftermath and it's a horrific death as well oh yeah. it's a fantastic death it's a cracking death yeah. uh, I think it might be my I think it might be my favourite one in the whole film I think that my favourite one is next all right. Okay. 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 Uh, so yeah. But um, before we get to that, we oh, have yep. to listen to Kevin being a fucking sap and talking about like what age is what age is this guy meant to be? Eighteen, because he's graduating. Yeah, yeah, graduating, and we have a whole spiel of him talking about how he's going to marry his, his high school girlfriend and all that before she was tragically destroyed on a on a roller coaster. <laughs> Saying like she uh, had another premonition that definitely didn't work. <laughs> but, you know, but this is but this but this is what I mean by the callback to the fact. Well, no, you weren't, mate. Yeah, like uh, that's what, right, that that's should have came up though. Yeah, it it's, it's wasteful to not have that. Yeah, because you just had Mary Elizabeth Winston just looking away and wincing. That's all it would have needed to have been. Yeah, though. because exactly because there's something quite interesting about that. Like if you put all the onus on yeah, but if, and then you get told, well, no, you're gonna be single this week regardless, mate. <laughs> like, I, I think that would have been pretty good. Black consider character. yourself lucky. <laughs> consider yourself lucky that she's dead and you don't need to see her around. Exactly. I mean, he'd have had that choice. Is it better to be a widower or been dumped? Yeah. 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 <laughs> the eternal question. <laughs> yeah, like, quite, yeah. To, to borrow from Follow Boy lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
um but yeah next up uh kevin and wendy and their sleuthing have deduced that lewis is next to oh, go hang on there's a line here oh, right just when um kevin's leaving wendy's house where he says something to her like have you seen how i'm gonna die i don't die with anything in my asshole do i <laughs> It's like that's a, that's an incredibly loaded question. I was you know. like, yeah, much like his asshole, I suspect, <laughs> because no one asks that question unless they unless... frequently have stuff up their ass. I bet you Michael Hutchins said something similar. He's like, I, I'm not going to be found with my with a belt around my neck and my my dick in my hand, am I? We go, well, do you, do you do that? Like, yeah. Do you normally do that? Well, I mean, not. I mean, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. Of course, I don't do that. Yeah, exactly. You'd have to do that frequently for that to be a thing that. Yeah, might, which yeah. is fine. Everyone can do what they want. That's yeah. You know, yeah. No judgment, but it is an odd line. Again, there's sometimes where it feels a little bit like they've went for what they thinks a comedic line. Aye, sure. Mm-hmm. And I again, it's funny because it's back to Kevin specifically. It's like, did he get all the fucking offcuts from Frankie Cheeks? Because that feels like That's a line. definitely a Frankie Cheeks line. You know, yeah, like, totally. It's like, oh, but we love sure. this line so much, I'm giving it to someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also delivered with a desperation that he's sad that it, he might have to stop putting stuff up his Because he doesn't want to risk it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh. <laughs> I think the first time though I heard that line, maybe I misread it and I thought he meant that's what was going to kill him as opposed to being found with it. And they're two totally different things. Okay. Sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah, just a kind of, <laughs> could be any number of kind of fence posts yeah, or something kind of spit yeah. roasting through them. Aye. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, that's, pre- that, that's, that's another read. Yeah. Yeah, but I prefer your version. Yeah. That's yeah. certainly the way I read that. I think your that version has says- a lot more character depth. <laughs> I think that maybe says more about me than uh, perhaps the, the writing or the character of Kevin. Well, perhaps. But yeah, Lewis's death is next and I love it. Yeah, Lewis being the, the angry American football player from earlier. Yes, the very same. Uh, they've deduced that he's next. They go and find him to tell him that. Inevitably, he's in a gym. And uh, I love the fact that it's like, um, if you were, I get the impression that if you were watching this with a festival audience, this would get a laugh. Because basically he's like, nah, fuck you, I'm invincible, or whatever it is that he says. And then the first thing that he does is starts like rage weightlifting directly underneath two gigantic wall-mounted cutlasses. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yep, okay. This whole scene just makes me realize, right, remember why I hate the gym. <laughs> they kind of layer up the sound in that kind of repetitive way where it's like they've got one guy who's going, ha! Huh. and then they've got another guy that's like clanging a weight down and then they just layer it up and build up this kind of soundscape of noise and I was just like oh, see that's why I hate the gym if I go to the gym and I forget my headphones I need to go home oh yeah 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 I can't I'm not, I'm not staying to listen to that well that's how I knew you text me today when I was in the gym because my music stopped <laughs> <laughs> I don't like hearing people at the gym especially no. when sometimes you're pushing through and you're closing your eyes it's like everyone's having sex around you yeah I'm just going to uh, interrupt you two's. I was at the gym, humble brags. Um. I wasn't. <laughs> oh, no, he wasn't. No, we weren't no, at each we 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 side of the gym texting each other. Looking at each other over it. Andy, check me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, but it's always set as this weird, weirdly specific soundscape for gyms. Yeah. They're always not that busy, but just busy enough to hear everyone, what everyone's doing. Yeah. Just, and wouldn't they want that during an, an orgy? <laughs> I didn't know that was that was a choice. Before. It was just that orgiastic kind of soundscape. Oh of yeah, yeah. Grunting I, and it's just like oh, like where where all your least favorite orgies too cacophonous. They all, yeah, well, yeah. They all like a silent orgy. <laughs> it's prefer a more somber tone. Well, respect. No, they um they also 
they also have uh, this weird thing where it's almost like the the sound designer asks what what's in the gym and then they go through and add every single <laughs> you know sometimes people aren't on machines sure you know yeah. we don't need this soundscape but yes he's um shoulder pressing or some something like that yep. and he rage pushes through it and yep. then comically gets his head squished yeah Pulverizes his own heat. It's fucking spectacular. It is. It's, it's great. It's great. It's I. I. I think. I think that for like an individually satisfying moment, it's right up there. That's, I, when I saw this in the cinema, that's got an amazing response. Yeah, this this one actually was similar to the first one getting hit with the bus when I was at cinema in terms of just pure shock value. And actually, I think it's because for all the intricacies of the old deaths, this one's actually not that intricate. Yeah, it yeah. does play around with. Is it the swords? But the swords, unlike a lot of stuff, plays a part in it because it cuts the wires that are holding the weights together. Yeah. It gives you that kind of near miss thing, but it do, yeah, but it does happen pretty quick. A lot of the other ones are all more protracted yeah. than this one. Yeah, yeah. To me, uh, it's like the boy getting crushed under the glass in the second one, like, which is awesome as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, but the difference is with that one again. Well, there's a massive, massive build up, and there's like constant because at one point he's choking yeah. and stuff, and there's loads of like this is how he dies, this is how he dies, this is how he dies. Whereas with us, it's just like I think it is pretty quick. The scene, the whole scene actually, and pretty quick yeah yeah I I, I I would say so in the next scene uh, Kevin's walking around and he's kind of awkwardly playing with this uh, McKinley High t-shirt Le- that he, oh, uh, hoodie that he's, he's Letterman yeah, it's like and, a Letterman uh, yeah. he's got a bag of filthy bloody clothes <laughs> in his hands which is really funny yeah it's, it's like it's like they gave him it at the gym and said well this son get home by this point <laughs> they must have seen 10 deaths in front of them if you include the people flying off roller coasters yep they, I mean they had people raining down around them and then they're uh, I mean, this would fuck you up totally. Irreparably, yeah. And start making you looking at photos differently. Which they clear. <laughs> yes, <laughs> suddenly everything's a potential disaster. That which I always find that fun, funny about this series in general that you would go insane. Really, if you if you truly believe what you're spouting, tell the people it would drive you insane. Yeah, you would never be able to switch off from it, would you? Yeah. I, I think that's kind of I know part of it's self-preservation, but I think that's kind of why Ali Larter's character in the second one winds up in your the- love. The mental hospital. Was it Clear Rivers? Clear. Clear Rivers. Clear. Yeah. Clear. Yeah, that's mm. her name. Yeah. Named after a creek, I can imagine. I don't know why. Or a, a, a mineral water. <laughs> yes, yeah. A bald water. <laughs> yeah, but Alex in the first one tries a sort of self made one, if you remember. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which makes no sense, really, because actually you would. And the most dangerous part of that would be in putting all that stuff in place because you have to nail stuff and hammer stuff. That's right. Mm hmm. But thankfully, the film just cuts to him in his little secluded cabin. So yeah, this is the, this is the first film where the, the characters have just tried to crack the fuck on. <laughs> <laughs> really, life goes uh, on. It, it does. Well, if you think, it's just something to be said for. It's a yeah. perfect metaphor for life and death. Really, like uh, people die around you constantly, but yeah, you you slog on. <laughs> Which is a little Ian monologue later. Yeah, Pretty much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ian has some dialogue written for him, which. No 18 year old saying. No, yeah, he's. I think we're supposed to believe he, in his spare time, he reads like Albert Camus and stuff like oh, that. Oh, for sure. Although, when we come to it, his rant later on is completely redundant because he ends up essentially saying back to them what they've been trying to tell him all That's through. Right. And then they go, okay, what do you mean? And you're like, you've just. He's just repeating back to you what you've been saying, except for because he was about suicide. But we'll get there pretty quickly because <laughs> I know, not that far. They away. make the decision almost immediately that they need to speak to everyone. Now this is the time where uh, they need to finally start speaking to everyone, and they go to this warehouse where uh, I'm going to say the McKinley siblings work. <laughs> sure, the <laughs> uh, uh, McKinley siblings slash lovers. Uh, and TBC. They, yeah, yep. they try to explain this madness to to them. I think as well at this point though, Wendy has like it's obviously not her 
first rodeo uh, explaining to people what she thinks is going on I think that this is the isolated time where when she's trying to explain her theory of what's going on it doesn't sound rational because it's not but I think that it sounds way less mental than every other time someone's trying to describe it in the film this is the worst audience I think she could have for this also probably true because he he doesn't want to hear any of this oh no because he's uh, he's been written as a cynic yeah <laughs> he's, he's too cool for yeah, all this nonsense yeah. and he's dressed exactly like Christian Slater in Heddles uh, yeah yes complete with the, the sort of bluey black dyed hair aye <laughs> yeah and looks like as we all said looks like Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia you know when you said that there was a a fairly large part of me that wished it was <laughs> you know like that you just wish oh my god so it is it is him but, but yeah Ian kind of in this moment and in this kind of being described to him joins the cast of thousands in this film who are people who are one dimensionally dicks with very little provocation you mean when he arbitrarily kills a pigeon with a, a nail gun also that yeah 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 mm-hmm <laughs> He comes across like a bit of an arse here, I think. Uh, but and I also think, though, and this is kind of what I was talking about, about misdirect as well, because I think that when they're talking to both of them and you see him kind of like starting to cut the thing with the circular saw in your head, you're like, oh, he's going to die. I think this is the most complete set piece in the film. I, yeah, and it's also one of the only ones in the whole series that has dialogue happening in and around it yeah yeah. so it's not just the mouse trap starting you know waiting for and us cutting back and forth to various things that like there's actually a scene happening in it which I think I, builds the tension <laughs> yeah I can't think of any other time that really happens as I say this is very like the Kale Smith John William Scott death we get to see in action a supremely quick jump in the queue someone's saved and boom someone else dies that's right yeah. it is John William Scott ranting stay away from him blah 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 head cut off and that we have been accustomed that there's been time between deaths Mm-hmm. I think this death this whole sequence like you say in terms of how it's played out is brilliant it's my favourite death I think in the franchise Ooh, it's really good I, because it's the one death that even when I repeat watch it has the same effect like you know whether it's Sean Williams Scott or um, when she gets hit with the bus all that sort of stuff once you know it's coming it's not quite the same you can still go oh that's what this is grim and the fact that she's not even dead like she has that whole lingering thing mm-hmm. I thought it's horrible yeah I'll let you Succinctly describe what happens. Well, I mean, what are the actual what are the actual beats of this before we get to the kind of the falling plaster, the falling wood? Far too many beats. There is a whole myriad of tools falling and magnets and chains and bleach, uh, bleach, yeah, antifreeze. Antifreeze, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, There are sawdust, runaway forklifts. There are yep, sawdust. There's uh, nail guns, circular saws. They're they're actually in the most dangerous possible environment they could be in I'd have been standing outside shouting this in definitely 100% like yeah they're basically in B&Q <laughs> but, but worse than being q it's being q after hours yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of felt like um when they were all cutting about in there with no ppe <laughs> yeah exactly. it's like you're taking your fucking lives in your hands here pal especially under the circumstances <laughs> yeah um, but yeah, in the, like basically, the the consequence of everything is kind of this raft of falling wood and plaster, and kind sure. of when you're still waiting for Ian to be the one to die, kind of in the middle of it all, Aaron stumbles and kind of gets aggressively in. Well, Ian saved uh, the the yeah. stakes. The stakes are going to happen eventually. For for a myriad of different things have culminated, and he stumbles. The, the stakes are going to fall, and Wendy saves him. But in the aftermath, I actually watching that with you guys, I thought it happened slightly quicker than it does. Yeah. But it doesn't because they do have a moment where they're saved. But then one of the stakes, I think, goes through a bag of sawdust. Yeah, it's the yes. it's the extractor bag oh. on the circular saw. So it kind of blows it all out on her. Right, and she stumbles back into the into the, the shelves, 
uh, and then Aelgun goes off multiple, uh, 13 times actually, oh, through her face. And, I, um, like into the back of her head and through her yeah. face. And, and Wasp that, also pins her hand to her face. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. Oh, she's right. fallen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah bring him yeah. to an end. De- uh, uh, what is quite clearly Death's Playground. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Death's having the fucking best time in here. <laughs> yeah, you think that if. if it would have been unfair if both survived the amount of effort he went into here. Yeah, yeah. Really excellent puppet head here. Um, so. Yeah, but this is this is definitely the scene where death has the most spinning blades. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. We we watch it like it's all built into something. I think he just flung everything at it and said, Aye. "One of them will get them." <laughs> like, he's like, "I'm not taking any chances." Yeah, yeah I was gonna, I, like this is like this is like way over the top, but much less finesse. Yeah, yeah. I, I have the potential to just wipe them all out. <laughs> I know. I, I think that's what he's trying. Just, it's like it's like just scraping your hand across a chessboard. Yeah, he's like, he's like <laughs> "Fuck it, yeah, I'm taking them all." <laughs> but but it's interesting to talk about the puppet head because I and this is counter to how brutal it is. I agree. I think the puppet head's amazing, and it's because of how restrained the, the editing is. Actually, mm-hmm. you see just enough to go, "That's horrific," and it's constantly cutting back to their reactions and playing off them. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, each character, so Wendy, Ian, and Kev, all get like an individual "fuck." This is horrific. Looking at her, and it goes back to her and she's still alive, which is, uh, yeah, I don't. It's grim. It's fucking horrible. Yeah, yeah, it's, yep. it's horrible. Yeah, really is. Yeah, obviously, Ian now saddened by the loss of his uh, sister slash wife. Yep. Um. <laughs> Yeah, even if they had the same surnames, it doesn't it doesn't confer by Well, only because he's married them. This yeah, time. exactly, they were, they were exactly. Sister and girlfriend for a long time. And they also, <laughs> <laughs> and they also look like the kind of couple that might have ran away to a state that lets that happen. Uh, uh, well, I, we, for all we know, McKinley does. McKinley is a very happening place, as we've seen. This is true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And we are coming down to the tricentennial uh, celebrations here. Yeah, aye. The uh, extremely shop-worn horror trope with the final standoff being at the tricentennial. Well, <laughs> no, but... Yeah, you the tricentennial thing, I get But, uh, again, un- I, I hate to keep comparing to the films, but I think you have to, to see, for me to fully explain why I enjoy this one so much. Mm-hmm. I think this is the tidiest ending as well because it's all roads lead to Rome type stuff. Whereas a lot of the other ones, if you think of the ending in the first, the ending in the first one's horrendous. Like no matter what ending you watch, the delete with him grabbing the, the fucking car and stuff, and it's like, what? This doesn't make any right, sense, yeah. right? Uh, the second one in the hospital, I guess they they do similar stuff with that, but but there is an element of that whole thing with her needing to go to the water. And drowning, I don't, that that took you too far away from the action to then bring you back. Kind that's of thing. a thought. That's a third act uh, map zigzag. Fucking hate you a third act map Oh yeah, that's right. You're talking about that running back. Yep. Yeah. Fucking hate him. But yep. Yep. Uh, the fourth one, the whole fucking thing with the theater man, like it's just <laughs> right. And and then, oh, that's hellish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it turns out that the whole fucking twenty minutes you've been watching is an all premonition. And then the fifth one, stand up in the kitchen. Yes. Yeah, which is I don't like. I'm not too hot on it either. I must say. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan. I, I, do, I, I think it gets too much, and it's just two guys fighting. I actually feel that that's yeah. such a marked turn for that character. He's a bit douchey. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't I, believe. I, I never bought the fact that he suddenly becomes this cold bloody killer. I love how you're gonna have to add like some sort of prefix to this, saying it's we spoil the whole. Franchise. Uh, yeah, it's FD three, <laughs> but. But bear in mind, we're going around the houses here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we, we literally just did a whistle stop tour to spoil every single one. So yeah, we'll have, <laughs> we'll have to mention it. I know. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of like the fact that it does it. And, and I, uh, one thing we missed is the idea that all through this, 
there's this ticking clock because they don't know there's a couple of mysterious people on the roller coaster. That's right, sure, yes. And there is this ticking clock. Yeah, there's a photo of a that's partially obscured by a hand. Yep. So um, you know, there's two people that sh- that they don't know who it is, and yeah. because they don't know who it is, there's a ticking clock because they don't know if they're already dead. So it means they've been pushed up. Yada yada yada. And I actually really like the reveal. It's, the reveal of Julie or the reveal of the other party? No, Julie. I, yeah. I like the reveal that it is actually Wednesday's sister because Wendy's sister's been in and around the film. And it's one of those things retrospectively because it's played by Amanda Crew, so it's a bigger actor than sure. it was at the time. I, I just think it's so well done from a show don't tell point of view. Like, you know, actually, it overdoes it because when I was watching it there, I didn't realize they zoomed into the thing like yeah. three that check <laughs> Chekhov's bracelet. Yes. Yeah. And, and is that because you're kind of thinking, who gives a shit about this lucky bracelet? And then it, it has a pretty decent payoff that the only other way to have shown that would have been pretty shit exposition. I think. Yeah. So I liked the reveal. And I, the personal. Yeah, it's not bad at all. I also forgot about the other party that's involved and earlier on at the funeral because I'd, I'd totally forgotten about it and I said to you, remember, I was like, who the fuck's this standing here as if she's part of the group? <laughs> There's just this random Asian girl. Oh, right, yeah, I get it, yeah. And... Uh, I guess she's kind of also Chekhov's random Asian girl. Never have a random Asian girl in Act 1, you don't kill in Act 3. <laughs> exactly that. I was just like, that's a very odd placement of that character. Well, she's she is present at the theme park. Yeah, but I didn't care to notice her. It's easier to notice Amanda Crew now because she is a bigger sure. actress. Yeah. I think they've deliberately avoided her and her friends because it would have been postmarked later. Yeah, but that, and it okay. only became apparent to me when you kind of saw her very much in the, the core group of people that we now come to know as our, our heroes. Our, yeah, our I heroes. Know. She's very much front and centre and with kind of Ian and Kevin and all that and it was jarring to me and I forgot that she had a part to play. Right, okay. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. I think it was a good decision. I think it's one of those things that if, at the time, I guess the argument would be maybe showing her at the funeral because by that point we've spent a little bit of time with Amanda Crew's character mm-hmm. so we know that she does have a role whereas her friend I mean she literally is only there later on to die so and she gets pretty good death in film well actually she has this brilliant moment where and I know I'm jumping ahead when it's like the question is asked who else was on the ride with you yeah, and it does cut to both her friends, and it's brilliant because you get to see that moment where she realizes it was me, and then she's killed. But I've jumped, jumped ahead. Not too far. Pull us back in line, Mitch. Oh Christ! Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, basically, right before they head to the tricentennial, uh, Wendy through via the bracelet kind of clocks onto the fact that one of the unidentified people on there was her sister. Yes, Julie, who's just left the house. Who has just left the house to go to the tricentennial? Thankfully for the plot. Yeah, <laughs> it was fortunate that, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, also, also, fortunately for the plot, Kevin has gone to work also at the Tricentennial. Yeah, and I, I think I said at the time we were watching this, um, if ever someone deserved a day off... <laughs> I know, eh? It's the man who has seen four of his very close friends and more of his acquaintances die. And, and the Tricentennials don't take compassionate leave. Yeah, they, yeah, don't come, they famously don't come round often. It's well, do you know... <laughs> It was funny because yeah, I know that's one, that's one of the big things about them. Um, the 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 bit we missed that a sort of bit after Erin's death, where and it's it's really odd. The Kevin and Wendy come out of the police station because they've obviously been there all night because it was a nighttime death, sure, and it's yeah, early morning yeah. next day. And he says to her, and I love that's how that works. And I love because he says to her, I didn't tell them anything, and she says, I told them everything <laughs> about the photographs. Everything. Right. I just love the fact that it didn't matter either way because yeah. he didn't tell them anything because didn't know. She told him, they thought, you're mental, out you go. Yeah. And I loved that. But then he sort of says, I'll see you in a few hours. And she's like, oh, we should stick together. And no, no, it's only a few hours, it'll be fine. I'm like, will it though? No, yeah. Because yeah. 
What is your what is your basis for that? <laughs> I know where is that coming Explain from? Explain yourself. Yeah, uh, by what metric will it be fine? Yeah, and <laughs> then died seconds after. <laughs> like, I'm surprised you're still alive just now, mate. I just stayed in the police station. Yeah, me too. Uh, kind of, I the re- like what's driving everybody at this point, or all the kind of key players to the Trison Dino, was to try and kind of protect Julie um, and for like, or what the various reasons that, or the various things that might get her also at this point we look at a photo and Kevin extrapolates that what might kill him is a firework in the face unfortunately that is a well literal ton of fireworks waiting in loads of cars more impressive nearby. more impressive than that he does it over the phone without looking at the picture Right. He does indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that. he connects those dots abnormally well, doesn't he? <laughs> Fucking hell! He just looked around for the first thing that looked dangerous. I mean, and he got it in one. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. he'd been like, "There's a horse, and there's a th- what looks like a bit off the back of a combine harvester." <laughs> there's there quite a lot to die though. Jagged. Yeah. There's some jagged flags. There's jagged posts. The that only hold res- tents down. Yeah, yeah, the only restraint he showed was not naming the firework. He's like, it's a Roman candle, isn't it? I'm going to get it. Because <laughs> at this point, there's kids running about behind them with sparklers next to all the other fireworks, right. and he's yeah. chasing them off because he's security. That's right. Apparently, he's the only security for the whole thing. Yeah, he does but- mention some other security at one point. He's like, let's go over to the medical tent because there'll be security there. Oh, yeah. You're like, um, Your security, mate. You keep him away from us. But uh, yeah, the tricentennial is basically, yeah, it's full of fireworks, horses, and da- dandyish soldiers with British accents. With really sharp cutlasses or rapiers. I couldn't tell what it was. It's too fast. I guess it would be a sort of rapier. Military not, sword. I mean, cut, I think cutlass, it's rapier, very... and scimitar are the only three swords I know. <laughs> and they're so wildly different. We've all got That's... a bit of a curve for them. What I think is really valuable is that we're splitting hairs over this right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sharper. It's, for, for a prop sword, it's sharper than it needs to be. Very yeah, much so. Certainly, yeah. definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I remember just thinking kind of like, because I'd kind of forgotten exactly how this unfolds, but I remember looking at the various things that could kill people here and thinking that this one had uh, bags of potential as um, as a cannonball rolls off the top of a pile and uh, dislodges a leg of a uh, cart that is literally full of fireworks. Yeah, because you'd have thought if cannonballs are gone off, I'd have been more like... Make it hit by a cannonball. Make it hit in the face by a cannonball. I'd, I'd just lie on the floor. Just flat. Yeah. See, see, that's the interesting thing about this this um, entry of the franchise because it has the sort of photographic evidence of what's going to happen. You would imagine it's easier to avoid it. Yeah, I, I know that you have to preface that by saying you would need to be fairly sure that you're not taking a leap and saying a firework's going to blow up my face when it's just an overexposed photo. <laughs> but if you're going to commit to that, like just stay the fuck away from fireworks. Yeah, aye. Well, I mean, yes. He's aye. not wrong. Fireworks do go off in his face and leave him hilariously pink. Which is even funnier that he says, let's go to the medical tent. There's security. I'll be like, no, there's also medical people there. Yeah. <laughs> and you clearly need something in your face. Uh, have you seen your <laughs> lack of eyebrows? Like, it's almost comical. I think if this was how, if this also, if this was how Jamie was going to go, I'm not sure how you would subtly depict in a picture that you would get uh, inadvertently lassoed by a startled horse. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because her picture is just her flipping the bird isn't it there is a horse in it there's a carousel, oh, a carousel behind her yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but uh no but she yeah uh, that's not how she goes ultimately though no it's not it does happen but yeah no. she, she um she she gets away eventually um and yeah to this point we've realized that the next in line is actually a friend perry i think her name is perry okay yeah i think that's her friend's name because right. they only mentioned at the start uh pretty solid death this one sure like it no problem again yeah. i really like the we've skipped one Here's another. Yep. I, I think that's a really good way to go. And as I said, I think the actress, and she doesn't have a lot in it, but I think she's, I, I love that moment. The two of them look at each other and it's like, you you know she's like, fuck, it's Penny's me. dropped. Yeah, it's yep. great. And before you even can process it, she gets a, a flag. A flagpole, yeah. And she yeah. does the 
flagpole slide death once it's a real chest. Yeah, Bell. which is always which is always good. Yeah. Um, right now there was a lot going on at this point, and I was furiously scribbling notes. There is a lot going on. We've, um, we've kind of missed the fact that Julie is saved. She's dragged by the horse that we mentioned earlier towards the kind of combine harvester thing that I mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She is rescued by. Um, Kevin wielding one of the rapiers that you yourself mentioned <laughs> yeah. earlier, Gabe. So we are bre- we are we are threading th- we are threading things as well. Sword. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so like you are right to say that yeah, death jumps her. Uh, mm. Death has been thwarted. Immediately kills a friend and chaos ensues. Yeah, it's fair to say the tricentennial is not going that well. Uh no, I wouldn't say so. Yeah, so Wendy, her sister. And Kevin, they're trying to get away, and that's when Ian reappears. Yes, so here's my question. I was trying to keep a tabs on the chaos and was scribbling furiously, and can I get a refresher on how Wendy has deduced that Ian's going to cause her death? She has a t-shirt on um, that says McKinley. And it's been a thread through the film that he has the same name as the town and the school. Yes. However, however, this was my... Is this you about to drop this? Put a pin in it thing, yeah. Okay. It doesn't make any sense because that wouldn't have been her death because he wouldn't have been alive. So now this- Because this, he's been skipped in the chain. Because she saved him, yeah. Yes. Now the thing is, in fact, let, get up to what happens to you because this ties into it, right? So I have never felt more directly responsible for moving this forward. There's no, been like three times where you've been like, get to the next bit. No, no, no. It's, no it's, it's because I feel like you've been, you've been narrating the-, the can you do that? That's your, yeah, that's and your I don't want to take over well. and start. No, so it's fine. It's fine. There's continuity is everything. No, it's okay. Honestly, it's fine. It's like um, you're yeah. the guiding voice. It was yeah. Billy. It was, I think it was when we did Howard the Duck with Billy Kirkwood for a couple of times. He was doing it. And I was like, oh, this is kind of nice actually. Yeah, but like anytime I'm talking about stuff, I'm jumping films. And but yeah, you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking for you to pull his back. I was going to say, <laughs> but yeah, yeah no. you don't like it when people sit on your couch. Oh no. <laughs> Fuck Andy, those two things are not the same. Yeah, uh, Billy, I actually, actually just got ultimately killed by falling sign. You did say Billy there, but in fact, you, you're still Billy, thinking Jesus about Billy Christ Yes, You just I, killed Billy Cockwood uh, sign. With the falling sign, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Ian, uh, Ian, Piles yes. around now uh, uh, incredibly he, he, evil. Yeah, he's also, uh, he's kind of talking a big game about being immortal or kind of like being excluded from this because he's been skipped and been saved. Sure. And uh, he gets extremely smug about that when a bunch of fireworks go off and all avoid him, miss him. Uh, but yes, is eventually killed by a giant falling sign, which is also excellent. Uh, I, I yeah, believe really good here moment. that this is death just realigning things. Well, see that right. So he appears. Wendy deduces that that's going to be the cause of her death because of the t-shirt. I'll come back to why that doesn't work because she because unlike the roller coaster problem, I think this could be explained away, and it's more like it's been done deliberately. As she made a mistake, right? So he is sort of intimidating them. There's a brilliant line from Kevin because they're like, let's get to the tent, blah, blah, the security. And then he just says, fuck off, McKinley. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, it's so brilliant because it's like, I'll just try this, guys. This might work. He just tries to tell him to fuck off, but he doesn't. <laughs> and, um, but, so Ian is pissed off that his girlfriend slash sister has perished and somehow, I think, inexplicably <laughs> blames Wendy for this. I don't that think it a, make, that, that's that's beyond a stretch, isn't it? Yeah, but he does believe that stuff's happening. I think he's exactly in his scene as believing. So from her telling him to stay away from him, he sort of then he deduces that he's the cause and starts taunting her, and says, "I don't need to worry about it because it skipped me." Yada yada, yada. Mm-hmm. and that goes to what you're talking about, where there's an explosion behind them, loads of fireworks, everyone ducks, they all miss him, 
in a sort of how do they survive he thinks that must mean he's immortal he's doing a little speech and the sign above him was hit by one of the fireworks falls squishes him in a pretty brilliant death it's a great death now the problem I've got with it is if he is supposed to be her cause of death which he's not it would make that makes no sense the only way it makes sense and I don't know if I'm being super charitable trying to fit this in Mm -hmm. is that she misread the photograph and the McKinley in the photograph because the sign says McKinley on it Mm -hmm. and she was supposed to get squished at that exact moment but him being there made her not stand there right so by him he's essentially saved her and by saving her it skipped back to him. Skip back to him. Okay. I mean, I there is a theory that you are connecting dots that aren't there. Yeah. There, but I do like that for the theory. Well, because at least because it doesn't make sense any other way. Yeah. But like, as as if you're gonna try and rationalize that, which is obviously what you're here to do, I think that's a pretty good attempt. <laughs> well, I mean, the other argument would be that the fireworks were supposed to kill her, and because both Wendy's sister and Kevin are there, they pulled down, and that yeah. was saving her. Sure. Uh, but it was it could never have been Ian is the point. Him killing her makes no sense because he shouldn't have been there. I agree with you on that much. And she sure. has form for yeah. being wrong. <laughs> Famously. Yeah, it's so, true. Yeah. But, yes. uh, but, but for her mistakes though, they're all born from doing what you could argue within the rules of the film, logic. You know, she's trying to figure out this and that and she's maybe putting two together and getting five or whatever. But again, if you compare it to like Alex and the first one, this going into that house when it's on fire and picking up that knife and that, that's just idiocy. Yeah. And it's not like she's she's learned the lessons of Alex or anything here. She's just... I think she made mistakes by trying to do stuff. And I can forgive that. I'm yeah. Very, I'm very forgiven of, yeah. of Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's technically the end of the film. Technically. Yeah, this is where the film should have ended. Well, um, yeah, I originally did. audiences, however notoriously hungry for more carnage and in this case they get it they definitely do get it yeah um, sweet we chronology hop here five months later do no do we think this is to the detriment of the film no no no, no because I. I, no i like it as well i think all the films have an epilogue you know the first one's them in france so it makes sense right uh the second one's a bit funner with oh, the, I, love, uh, the, I love that last scene where the boy blows up at the barbecue oh that yeah. is amazing <laughs> oh, yeah exactly and it's a it's a really nice callback to something that makes total sense yeah, yeah, yeah. lovely so I like it and also this one in terms of a, the, the sort of epilogue it's probably the biggest of all of them the fifth one has and the most scale wise yeah it's, it's almost on another mini disaster in itself it also has the best premonition reveal yeah. out of the whole franchise with a tear that's it's such a beautiful shot <laughs> like it took like 20 takes to get I mean with her crying yeah, the whole way the whole way this plays out is great, I think. Yeah, so what we have here is uh, now we're in New York. Well, I don't think it explicitly says it, but it's we're in a large city, city large enough to have a subway. Yeah, so there's, yeah. there's um, a handful of them. Yeah, and uh, we have Wendy. Uh, uh, she is on the subway with two of her friends, newcomers, our flatmate and a and I took her pal and a roommate or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah flatmate and friend. Um, yeah, she. A lot, a lot of wheels start spinning quite quickly with the arrival of Julie onto the same subway train. Oh no, you've jumped too far. The, like, yeah, yeah, because I remember because like before that she sits down and a whole bunch of kind of like vaguely ominous or foreboding things happen, including the busker. like busker singing "Dust in busker. Uh, Dust in the Wind," incredibly creepy busker who gets off the carriage while singing "Dust in the Wind" without breaking eye contact with. Well, it's her. not actually "Dust the, in the Wind." It's um, there. Was it? There's someone walking behind you oh yeah yeah yeah. okay yeah um she sits down starts seeing signs all around her tanning booths aye it's it's, 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 it actually has a little bit of a feel of Chaz Palmateri in the room at the end of the usual suspects (laughs) you see all the signs um but yeah all these kind of like uh all these kind of callbacks and nods 
to um, the way that people have died and things like that. At that point, she has this kind of pre-premonition premonition being like we need to get off here tries to get off and it's kind of headed off by Julie who unexpectedly but see, gets I like that somewhere. because watching it there with you guys I, I like the fact she makes the logical thing I'm getting the fuck off this train mm-hmm. right? sure. yeah. and I also like because when at first it sort of played as if they can't get off because there's too many people getting on and I would have hated that if that was the payoff mm-hmm. but then they make her sister appear which kind of snaps her out of it but it also distracts you for a minute as the audience and I like that and it does distract her and before she was like oh fuck my sister and the doors have closed and I thought I was really nice it, like I, I bought that she didn't get off because of that it just it snapped her out of a little you're right it's it's much more it feels way more organic and way more satisfying than if it had just been there are so many fans of the Bruins coming on the train that yeah, she, that she get off where are they from that tells you really, perhaps where they are what was it fans of what the Bruins oh they're in Boston then there you go there's your answer well so the uh, then there's another little nice twisty, not twist so much as little moment where Julie says to her, look, you're fine, Kevin's back in town. Uh, oh, shit, yeah. Worst case scenario, something needs to happen to him and then me before you would even be affected. So you're just, you're over it. We've went through all these. And then she goes to introduce her sister to her flatmate and stuff. And there you see at the end of the train's Kevin. And that's a really cool moment. Yeah. Because that is kind of, that's where we, we all know you guys are fucked. Yeah. yeah that that is great that is great and they are fucked they very much are because uh, thanks to a chocolate hungry rat <laughs> <laughs> there is a, an electrical fault that triggers the tracks and uh, this train is uh, almost flying out of the street uh, out into the street it's the like, end of speed, like speed. yeah <laughs> it is the end of speed yeah and uh, yeah, um, Julie is wiped out in extremely graphic detail. She gets hit with well, a wheel, doesn't she? Something like that. Yeah, just flies yeah, in and starts smashing on her. Annihilated. Uh, Aye, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Kevin is sucked out a window and ground to pulp. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. I kept thinking as this, like, Jesus, the, the ways we're going to die was better. Yeah, just, they got uh, progressively worse the more you survived. Yeah, true. I kind of like that though. I kind of like that if you if you dodge death, he's coming back. That he's coming back harder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be well. Be like there will well. be nothing left of you. You'll be mince. Yeah. So she, he gets sucked out. Pulp. The train derails. Like you say, go, it goes into speed territory where it's flipped. Everyone on the train dies except Wendy, Wendy. who's been thrown. I, I think. I- clear a little bit yeah but her legs have been mashed up pretty bad I think aye yeah, yeah you can understand that I mean yeah, I still think at least she could one have made it if she tried it's a pretty severe it's a pretty yeah. severe like, train crash well she actually has again going back to uh, the actress how good she is she has a brilliant moment like it's just little moments like this that it lets you see her sister that she sees her sister die mm-hmm. and has the moment you know amidst all the chaos of emoting that her sister just died yeah, horrifically yeah. But yeah, so she's thrown from the train, the carriage, she's on the tracks, she's taken in, just, it's happened again, the chaos, and then another train comes and smashes into her. And we're out. Yeah. No, no, no. that's when you You'd get You'd love the- that, wouldn't you? I know. <laughs> no, that's the premonition. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't fuck about after this point. It, it gets to where it has to get pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, basically. I, I think they made a good choice not showing it again. Absolutely, thank fuck. <laughs> but again, but I, I like the idea that from a character logic point of view, they all realise it's going to happen. They start panicking, pulling message calls and stuff, and it just cuts, and you hear it briefly for ten seconds, and yeah. the noise, and you're like, "Nah, they're all fucked." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, right. I think that I think that like um, a little bit of kind of subtlety goes a long way with the way that plays out. Which is what I mean. To be fair to the series, they do it a lot. Once they've showed you premonition, they they, they show you nice ways of not showing you it again. Yeah, and just 
staying away from it. A lot of time it makes no sense actually because like in the second one, like when she gets out of the car, 10 seconds later it's all kicking off. But when she was in the car, it was like five minutes of driving. <laughs> but I, I can appreciate not needing to see it again. I mean, there is a there is a, a chance here where they could have made a film where the little rat doesn't eat the chocolate and it's all about the rat going for the same thing <laughs> because there's all deaths after the rat. Because that's how the, the rat dies. Like ratatouille. <laughs> yeah. But that then, yeah, credits and we get a little straight into love train but uh, yeah that's Final Destination 3 done boom that is Final Destination 3 <laughs> and a little bit of 1, 2, 4 and 5 and a little bit of 1, 2, 4 and 5 yeah yeah, yeah. I'm going to record an, an individual intro to this episode I think just <laughs> warning people that we, that we, that so spoil. Gabriel goes off the tracks we'll spoil the whole franchise we'll set a record for how many films we can spoil in one well, podcast it's hot because it's right in the middle yeah oh yeah and, yeah. I, and I do think like we're not comparing this to the greatest films ever made I'm talking relative to the other five and, sure. and, and the genre itself and I think it's the best I, I also I also think that like um, especially kind of in the fullness of time I think that you can't really talk about the merits of this film without talking at least a bit about all of them I think certainly the three that the two that came before uh, have to be mentioned because certainly the time this is made phone five I'm sure they're a consideration is somewhere with a lot of money but uh, they were about a bit of twinkle in someone's eye yeah sure but that's why and I touched on the start that's why I think this one deserves more credit because it's really easy to think it was just part three but it did this one more than this one spawned the next two because it, it proved that the it could go as almost an anthology type thing where it just disregards yeah. everything that came before it and it is all about the deaths yeah, yeah, and it did say that, and, and it kind of it allows the franchise to breathe, and allows the franchise to develop other rules. It allows things to be a bit more elastic. And as you said as well, I mean, like uh, this was a punt in the sense that it was the franchise launcher of the series, and it worked because I mean, it, it's at the time I'm not sure if it ended up being, but at the time it was the most profitable one. It was the one that made the most money. Uh, yeah. I think it's made $118 million at the box office. Yeah, against $25 million. Yeah, which is pretty good going. Well, yeah, because it actually caused less than the second film. And I would, and only, I think, a million or two more in the first. And I would hazard a guess that was probably mainly the reshoots that took that over it. Because I mean, reshoots that's, a, that's pretty, a massive set piece. Yeah. Like, that's an, an, mm-hmm. an I mean, incredible you could, amount of coverage. You wouldn't be shocked if the sixth one had started with a rail crash like that. You wouldn't be like, what the fuck? You know? Yep. But the fourth one made the most money in the box office. Everything. <laughs> So I don't know if we can judge quality on the money on these films. Okay, well, no, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't. I'd say the same for. I'd say the same for anything in the Saw franchise. Kind of again, probably after the third one. But see, the, but the differences with the, the Saw films. They I'm, were saying, constantly... I'm talking about money made. Ah, you yeah, made a face at me there, yeah. Mitch. But I'm talking about money made yeah. versus quality. Yeah. There's no, there's no accounting for taste. Accounting for taste. Yeah, no accounting for no. taste. No accounting for quality. Yeah. Six. Well, the other, the other thing, the, the Saw one though is an interesting one because. I think the worst thing Saw did post the third one was constantly try and tie it into John Cranel. That's where it got ridiculous. In fact, they start to go, oh, it's actually a prequel you don't know. And stuff. They were trying to do anything to tie it back to him yeah. after killing him. Whereas you can watch these, you don't, the first two you have to watch as a two-parter. Yeah, And actually, I forgot until I was watching it the other day how good the second one, there's a little mini twist in it where it's like, actually we're only here because, because they survived because of the plane. Do you remember? Yeah. There was all these reasons why they weren't so they were actually uh, just they were all meant to be on the plane or something no it no. was just things about the plane and things that happened it was actually the, the people's deaths in the first one directly like I think like for instance one of them was on the bus that hit her oh that's right and, yeah. and that bus was going to crash and it was little things like that so and it made such a such a point of saying the first one matters the other ones can be watched in any order yeah 
So in hindsight, it's easy to look at them as oh, you're just churning them out. But this could have been an absolute disaster. Right. Like it just could have. It could have just been all about the deaths, and which the fourth one essentially tried to be. Yeah, and I mean, whatever, whatever else, Final Destination Three is is definitely not a disaster. No, 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 no. There are a lot of disasters in the film. Yeah, but the, like- the the film as a as a package is not. I I, I really like this. It's been a long time. Actually, I'm going to say this is pr- probably the one I've watched the least possibly true for me as well I've, i would say i've would... hate watched part four several times <laughs> see i'm a i'm a i'm a, a complete glutton for that stuff because even watching them again i can't just jump in you know that way i'm like well if i'm gonna watch three i may as well watch one and two first and then sure. by the time i've done that well i'll watch four and five i hear as well yeah. even though i've literally just explained you don't have to do that it's just i just kind of like doing that stuff how is it done yeah but yeah I'd, so i couldn't say i watch it more i've watched probably the first one the first one's difficult for me because i don't like flying sure and, me too and mm-hmm. Then so there's a fifth one. <laughs> but <laughs> um, no, yeah, I think it's by far and away the best one. And I think I've made a pretty good job of defending it. I think I, you did. And, and I liked that you, you, you had to, and I think it's the writer in you, Gabe, not afraid to point out the logic holes. Yeah, I, I, I think that um, a lot of the things, I mean, it would be easy to say that you kind of like ragged on the film as much as you kind of talked it up. But I think that a lot of the time, the kind of the most compelling defenses that we get on this are from people who love a film and that kind of and that's really palpable but also it's kind of grounded in this kind of like yeah very like kind of this very real awareness of its flaws and its shortcomings kind of thing um i think that like yeah i think that that makes something feel a lot more right reasoned yeah exactly because because if i was coming in here and being dogmatic about it no it's perfect there's yeah, exactly. It. <laughs> I, the last ten minutes, because you would go right. He's mental. Yeah, hi. It's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> thanks for coming. Well, and, uh, <laughs> I see he's made the bold decision of wearing a Frankie Cheeks T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, it's like I, I would say that like of the of the films in the franchise, me and Andy talked about this, and we're saying that of the films in the franchise, I think that this is the only one of these that you could conceivably do in this format as well, because uh, the, you know the first couple I think reasonably well, like pretty well received. This one less so. Yeah, critically. I'd say, I, I mean, fourth one, four, fourth, fourth one, irredeemable. No yeah, no, no one's going to bring it on to a show like this. The only other one you could potentially do is a second one yeah because the argument is that apart from the fourth one it's probably the weakest one but yeah i think this is the one that deserves the most because i think it's it's easy and i think it's i've been guilty of it with this film as i've kind of overlooked it I, yeah. I probably have as well i really enjoy going back to it today yeah exactly and as you as you touched on in your intro it's it's about giving films attention that didn't get it it's like in mm-hmm. hindsight being a wonderful thing mm-hmm. and as that because it's not i don't think anyone's come out and outrightly said this is garbage like the fourth one but that means that there's probably it's probably easier to defend because a lot of the stuff i'm saying you guys are like oh yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. forgot because yeah. you don't hate it you know so i'm not bringing on maybe an argument that it's worse to be for it to be kind of treated with ambivalence yeah kind of and i think that's what annoys over. me yeah. i think that's what annoys me about it i'm like i don't think it gets enough appreciation Aye. it's not that i think it's perfect and gets too much condemnation i just don't think it's enough appreciation yeah and that's like that's as good a reason as any to bring something on but i do think that and i think that i've kind of it's kind of come back interview with kind of shattering clarity now but i think that there is kind of a there is kind of an overlooked middle child feel to it <laughs> yes i think so yeah and mm. i think and i'm i'm 100 happy to give you the point on this one yeah, yeah and i yeah. think if we did a quick round table um we would also check out final destination 3 if you haven't no oh, i definitely absolutely yeah. yeah 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 lovely cool i'm happy with that that was very clean gabe what have you been up to <laughs> uh, uh i have been writing quite a lot Okay. Um, right. Yeah. Shocker. Uh, yeah. That was good. I just finished an Apple game actually. 
that uh, just that just got released cool. the day for Apple Arcade. Ooh. I know I forgot that. I didn't actually tell you that. No, you never, you never, <laughs> like, I think he, he might be making this up as he's thinking because he wasn't talking about I mentioned uh, that I had a hangover after a, a Wednesday meeting oh, last yeah, week. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, that was with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's the story with the game? Um, it is a game for Blazing Griffin that's going to be released in Apple Arcade. I don't know if I can name it yet. That's, okay. that's the problem. That's the problem with all this stuff. Yeah. But I'm also sort of an early prep for a feature that's a horror. Cool. Um, I've told Andy lots about it. I might, know, yeah, I might know something about that. <laughs> yeah, that might be a, an announcement for later. That's pretty cool stuff. <laughs> is this yeah. is this is this your triumphant return to the show? Is going to be when we can talk more about these things? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. next time I'm on, I'm like, go see it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I actually yeah. kind of like being on, not try to plug anything though, because then you know it's just because I love the show. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but like but yeah, just out of general courtesy, we will let you come back on. <laughs> okay, I'll try. I'll try and find a film that's not part of a franchise that I destroy halfway through it. <laughs> a singular a singular film this is literally the only time where we've had to genuinely consider re-recording or recording a fresh intro for it oh, yeah. I've leg- got it I've definitely that, got it it's a legacy episode yeah absolutely legacy yeah. <laughs> this was the moment I've also it's the last of the notes as well the last of the pitch notes yeah yeah, yeah we're going to ban it sorry yeah. to all the next guest is Obviously, Gabe, sounds like some announcements are in the offing at some point Yeah. Um, in the kind of not-too-distant future. If people want to keep up with those, where can they get you? On Twitter. Uh, what's my Twitter? I'm going to say where specifically. Writer Gabriel. Uh, Writer Gabriel, yeah. Writer Gabriel. Okay, cool. do that again without yeah. me telling you what your Twitter is. Uh, at Writer Gabriel. I don't tweet myself. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, he's on Twitter at Writer Gabriel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you want to tell me why I'm fucking wrong and FT3's shit. I don't think you're going to have that many people I don't think so, me no. about that. No. Yeah, me I, I would, I'd imagine you'll be hearing from people. That tends to happen. But yeah. I would say that I, I'm going to hazard a guess that people are mostly going to be on your side in this one. Yeah. I hope I convinced a few people to get an all shot. And then you look. And then you look. You certainly convinced me. I yeah. mean, I'm getting granted I had to watch I know, it for the I know. format. I feel like that's... But yeah. um, I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad I did. Well, I certainly watched it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad I did. Yeah, no, same. Gabe, thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming, man. So a pretty convincing sell there. I know bad. He did all right. Yeah, I would say so. And big thank you to Gabe Robertson for joining us this week to talk about Final Destination 3. Yeah, and that whole time you had a big smile on your face, which was really warming to see. Yeah. I don't know if it was if it was necessarily that or if it was the cake. I mean, I get a little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> sure. Nah, I've been looking forward to talking about a Final Destination film for a while, and I think that, like I say, I think that it would need to have been this one. That's the right one. Definitely, definitely. Yes. But I suppose that's it for another one. Yeah, done. Yeah, but we'll be back Monday, of course, with Minisode 72. As has become tradition, and that may mean... I might have a baby by then. Who knows? Who knows? Fucking we are hell. Very much, we are deep into baby country at this point. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you saw my wife's waddle. I did. I mean, it's, it's getting close. Yep. It's danger definitely, zone. Definitely. Impending. Yeah. Impending. But, baby or not, we will be taking a look at what we've been watching this week. We'll be taking a look at my progress through Shockwaves 100. Definitely getting one in for that, by the way. Cool. It's I'm under control. And um, we're playing Mitch's Pitches again, doing all the usual stuff. And, of course, letting you know everything that you need to know for episode 72. Yes. 73? 73. And letting you know everything you need to know for episode 73. 73. Yeah. 
Jeez. If you want to get in touch with us before then, you can. There are loads of ways to do that. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC and you can email Longer Considerations, Musical Interludes, Mitch's Pitches Suggestions, Listener Choice Suggestions and much, much more to StrongLanguageViolentScenes at gmail.com. And if you didn't listen to anything I just said, it's all at StrongViolentPod.com. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't really have much more to say about the website other than the fact that you can find links to our Public page. You can find upcoming live dates, which will be pretty important I would say come the next time you hear us quite possibly yeah um, and yeah you can find a non-exhaustive list of all the podcast providers where we can be heard we will be back on Monday join us then if you can in the meantime don't forget it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds goodbye bye You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean. <laughs>